0: This is Alyssa Lenick of Littlest Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs.
1: We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the
0: black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in, in
1: the, the messy, messy Middle. Welcome back to the Messy Middle podcast. Today, we are continuing with part two of Alyssa's 100k recap. So if you haven't listened to part one, that episode aired Monday and it talks about the preparation Alyssa went through in order to really get herself both physically and mentally ready for this race. Today we are going to be starting with the start line of the race and talking about everything that she went through during and how she felt after. So without further ado, here is part two. So when you're out the start line, give us give us the full experience. Do they do they start with a gun? Do they start with a horn? Do they just say "ready, go"? How is oh, it this in an guy, ultra? This was like I've done a good
0: handful of tri-races and ultras. This was a little weirdly the, the start and finish was a little anticlimactic at this race. I don't know why. Yeah. It was like, oh, like the finish was actually the most inclined climactic thing I've ever witnessed. I was like, I literally just ran for twenty three hours, and you're gonna say nothing? I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you are like, can you take give us our bibs back? But anyway, we'll rewind back to the start at the same <laughs> <and> the northern <laughs> farmers market. So we started in the farmers market, like we're in the yeah. market, and then we run out onto the street. Um, and so they just, you know, they started the hundred milers on half hour. They did wave starts because of COVID. Mm, um, mm-hmm. so we had to like start with like our buffs on and face, whatever, and then you run out together and then you're in the woods and nothing nothing matters. There's no pandemic right. in the woods. You're, so you're so separated. There's, there's no, no pand-
1: pandemic in the woods. There, you heard it here.
0: There's a meme from ultra running memes that says, if you've ever eaten out the community gummy worm bowl or gummy bear bowl at an ultra marathon, you're immune to COVID. And I'm pretty sure that's true. Oh, God bless. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm kidding. There was like precautions throughout the race, but um, you we started in the market and then it was just, they are like, I don't even, I don't even think I remember. I just think I blacked out. I was just like, okay, it's, it's going. Bethany has a video. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a video of everything. But um we just went and the first couple of miles were on road and Jason loves to overpace. So I'm just like chat, me and Jason just chatted the first good 20 miles. We were just chatting. Mm-hmm. Kathy's feeling good. But we just, you know, we rolled that first. Little bit, I talked about our pacing plan, what I thought we should do, told him to get his poles out. Like, I was kind of just getting yeah. like that first, I was just excited, and Jason didn't know what the hell's going on because that was his first real mountain ultra. I think the man lost his soul out there. Amazing. Um, <laughs> um, he did great, but I think he really lost his soul out there for a little bit. Um, but I just, we just went. I don't know. You just went and we were there, and then we were on trail and we were moving and we cruised and we chatted and talked and moved and were swift and probably. We paced pretty well. We probably maybe could have paced a little harder looking back. but you, do, I don't know how the fuck to pace a 64-mile race. And he's mm-hmm. – I'm following the way. I'm leading the way. So Jason's like a 200-pound 6'2 dude, super buff, like – powerlifter dude. And I'm just this little tinker tot just leading the way on the day. I was like, here I am. Like, here I am. Like every stereotype that you would think it would be reversed. Um, so I'm giving him telling how that he's never used poles before. I'm pacing the day. He wants to go hot off the gun. I'm like, Jason, you're going to really hate your life later. And he did really hate his life later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was like, I, I don't know. It was just crazy. Cause I like, didn't really know how to pace. And I had ideas for our half, point. And now looking back, we probably could have, I think we've paced the first 20 miles pretty good. Um, I don't really think I would redo that about the race. Um, mm-hmm. but it was not, it wasn't, you know, the first 20 is the warm up. Like that's nothing. You know what I mean? Like it don't think you're yeah, really well, when it. you're running 60 something. Yeah. Almost. Like it's <laughs> not 20 miles isn't hard, but like at that Relative, point yeah. it's conceptually it's, it's, it's not, you can't, you don't really want to hit the pain cave at that point in time. for um, sure. so we were on the first twenty. I don't it's beautiful out. It's pretty cool. I had a long sleeve on the whole time. Like it I like I didn't even take my jacket off until the first aid station. Like it was pretty cool. Um, it was nice. The first eight well, the first eight going back were awful. But for some reason the first eight coming in were super easy. We're really and- that
1: to uh, zoom out a little bit. How many aid stations do you have? Um so like how many mile markers in between generally speaking?
0: It was like every 6 to 4 miles, 6 to 5ish, but then there was like there was like crew accessible ones and then there was n- just regular aid stations. Mm-hmm. So I want to say there was So there was like three main aid stations, but we went through them a couple times each. If that makes right. sense. So
1: there yeah, was like cuz the the course crossed over itself multiple times, right?
0: Yeah, they had to change the course last minute twice because of rivers flooding um, on the back mm. end. And then that we weren't allowed to run on this fire road because of VDOT. And so the course got changed. It was originally 69 miles and had a, a difficult section out and back. I don't know if it actually made it harder or not with what they did, but it was a hard race. Either way. Yeah, I'm sorry. So we went out and then back to the first aid station. And then we had to go back out and back to that aid station to – Um, to the middle aid station, if that makes sense. Again, like Mm -hmm. we had to do this extra little loop thing and then we went back to the farmer's market. Um, So we hit that first aid station at eight miles, feeling great cruising, no worries. Um, Then we just carry, we keep carrying on. Um, We go and you hit that second aid station and then the third one's another cruise station and then from there, that's like about mile 20 and then you did this like out and back section Um, and this is where the day we were like, fuck us so we crossed rivers and there was a lot of rocks mm-hmm. and dirt and things like going out but at that point i'm like okay whatever like it didn't really even phase me because i'm like okay we'll run back over that like yeah we had to cross a handful or so of creeks but like not mm-hmm. even conceptualizing the day as a whole at this point i guess thinking about we have to go over that again again like and out, this is about again. what
1: time in the day for you guys at this point um
0: Like to maybe 10 30 in the morning. I okay. don't know. Maybe 10. So 11. still pretty
1: pretty early into the 11 a.m.
0: Yeah. We're only 20 miles in. I think it was maybe we were way ahead pace because we those first 20, we were like sub 15 minute miles. We were pushing. Um because mm-hmm. it was easy to move. It was hikeable, power hiked, shuffled, uh, whatever. It was it was pretty swift. But then you did this out and back section that was like eight or 10 miles or something like that. And then it was flat and runnable, but like every quarter mile, there was a river to cross. So you're like going out mm-hmm. four miles or whatever, like four or five miles and back four or five miles. And that point we hit them and then we kept hitting them and we kept hitting them and we kept hitting them. And like Jason isn't used to training on rivers and creeks and crossings, right? I am um, I mean, I do it. I know how to do it, but it was a lot. Like we did in that back yeah. section. We, Regis says we're lying in that we're making this up, but I swear to God, we counted them one by one because we, we counted them and then we doubled it. Like, you know what I mean? Like we counted them on yeah. the way back yeah. and we doubled it. And there was like 46 river crossings in that. Eight to ten mile stretch of trail. That's insane. Like, so that slowed <laughs> us down a ton. That slowed us yeah, down for sure. Because you're literally, and we we ran a little bit in between it. Um, but then at that point, because we're crossing so many rivers, and I know that crossing rivers is more technical, and it really kind of like it requires a lot of muscles and stability to do that. And I'm like mm-hmm. kind of worried about pushing too hard. That is the section I think I going back. I would have pushed harder on now. Um, but mm-hmm. I was worried because of the fatigue. I I was really trying to not blow up Jason, not that he's not fit. He's very fit and very capable, but yeah. outdoor stuff is just different. And I know that that also fatigues me. And I've been having some issues with like my IT band kind of blowing up on me after like long, like six hours plus plus yeah. runs. And I'm just trying to like be conservative. And I think that was one spot where I was over conservative, but there, if there's any part of the day, which is so weird. I went through a phase on that section of trail right after that aid station where I wasn't bonking. I wasn't like it wasn't bad. It wasn't hard. I was just cranky. Like, I don't know yeah. how else to describe it. Like, you know, that feeling you get right before you get your period and you're really cranky and you can't figure <laughs> out why. And then you get your period and you're like, oh, and that's why I was like bitchy in a Kroger the other day. Like that's like that feeling that I had. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it just like the Everything started to hit me, maybe like what I was yeah. trying to do, and then there was river crossings, and I was just like, I don't know how to just, de- I really don't know how to describe it because I, Jason was like, you're like he, I kept telling him, I'm like, I'm so sorry, and he's like, you really don't even seem like you're like in that bad of a mood, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just, and I was eating because I thought it was maybe food, and I kept, me, it might have been a little bit, but I don't think I was like that behind on food for it to. I wasn't bonky. You know what I mean? I was just like cranky. And so, my solution to everything in trail and ultra running in life, in life, my solution is if you're cranky, eat carbs. Like, that's just like for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my stomach also, like, I've left this out. I'm not eating whole food, like, barely at all this at this point. I'm trying finally on this back end, goldfish is when I started to sprinkle in the goldfish and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really eating whole food. So, I'm trying to just get whatever carbs I can in on this back end. But I think on the coming back, we didn't really run as much between the rivers than we probably should have. Um, But we ended up, then we go back to the crew aid station, get through there. I think we might have spent a little too much time on those two um, aid station-wise, but Jason was having a lot of trouble with his feet and having to change socks. And at that aid station, the second time through, I knew the sun was setting. So I had to change my leggings and socks and I changed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about those aid stations. So like... Um, Of course, all of them are different, like you just said, depending on if you're going into night, you're going to need to make some changes. But like, what are those aid stations all about? What are you doing? What are you grabbing? Like, What does a typical aid station look like, generally speaking, and how did that um, feel on on your actual 100K?
0: Yeah, so every ultra trail race has aid stations. Um, The capacity of which you use them and need them is just a different um, race to race and distance to distance. So, um, like, your crew will follow you to the aid stations that are crew accessible, quote unquote. So there's only some aid stations which crew is allowed at. Um, And then there's other ones that will be in between that it's like just the volunteers will be at. And it will just have like a tent with like water and food and first aid or whatever it is that you would need. And they'll have like – I mean, and they have – especially at ultras with bigger distances, um, they'll Mm -hmm. have like people making you soup and quesadillas and like all this shit like mm-hmm. real food bacon like real food like being cooked for you i wish i was one of those people that could eat that um <laughs> so they have all this stuff they're cooking for you they have water all these things but then the crew accessible ones your your crew which is just whatever your friends or family you've convinced to follow you as you run through the woods all day drive around and like Force feed you and make you drink and help you fill up your water bottles and pack and make sure you have what you need um, mm-hmm. and take care of you if something's off. So like Jason was having trouble with his feet, so his crew helped him with like changing his socks and shoes and like taking care of that. Um, yeah. Bethany and Regis's mom would just like make sure that I was drinking and eating and checking in on that with me and like my spirits and making sure I was actually packing what I needed to go out. Yeah, um, they would bring my clothes and that's where I changed. I've changed at the car um, between yeah. between um, at like mile. I was like 28, 30-ish at that point. No, I think it was 20 – it had been 28. Yeah, it had been 28. It was mile 28. Um, I changed into like levi- leggings and brought clothes for me for uh, knowing it was going to get dark and I was going to get cold. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like you just – they just, they're just picnic tables where people feed you and give you things you need. That's like a and, crew in aid station.
1: Yeah, and typically you're trying to get like in and out of them relatively quickly, right? Because you want to – Yeah, the clock is still running on your race time if you care about that at all, or if you just you know want to get more miles on on your feet while it's still light out. In this case, right, but you also have to slow down enough to make sure that everything is taken care of. So, did you have any like times that you set for your aid stations, like goals,
0: Um, or did you just kind of take it as it went? I think that I would have liked to move a little faster through them. Um, I think at the, I think Jason took a little longer than I would have taken at some of them. Um, and then I think that one where we changed and stuff I personally took a little longer at. Um, yeah, that was probably the one aid station that I took a little longer at because there was a here's one for you guys. there was a porta potty, actually it was like really not a porta potty. it was a, a like an like a hiking trailhead bathroom so there was a mm -hmm. bathroom at an aid station please take notes my friends bathroom aid station (laughs) um and so i changed and like repacked so i was like oh it'd be nice to not have to pee in a bush um Mm -hmm. like i went to the bathroom made sure i had everything i needed like headlamp gear food whatever uh kind of took my time more on that transition one because i knew it was getting dark but there was definitely points in time where like I would have probably t- personally wanted to turn over them a little bit quicker, but yeah. um it it just is what it is. Like and there was and that's also for-
1: Yeah, you're racing with another person. And that's that's a little bit new to you, right? Have you ever raced an ultra with somebody else? No, I do not
0: I do everything alone. <laughs> so how how does that, that compare? Yeah. So it was um It was nice because Jason did ask me in the middle of the night because he almost dropped at mile forty because he was he bonked really hard and then he just kept going. Um, But find
1: bonk for non-ultra people.
0: uh, Your carbohydrates in your blood go zero, and (laughs) you've not actually zero. You would die, but they drop, (laughs) and your brain doesn't have enough glucose to function, and then you feel like shit. Your muscles and brain are glucose carbohydrate depleted, Um, and so. Jason asked me, because when we were pacing in the middle of the night, and he asked me if I sped him up or slowed him down, or if he slowed me up or slowed me down or sped or sped me up, or like how, how, if he did that. Or and I was like, I was like, I don't really know if because having him there with me for that whole race and not being alone helped mm-hmm. a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not being alone helped me a lot. Um I don't know how I would race at a longer distance if I was alone right now. Like I was, I've done, you know, 12, I've done 50 miles on my own. I know what I get like in my head, but we didn't even really listen to music. We talked, we pushed. So yeah. I think that that was nice. It was not, I mean, it was nice to not do that totally hundred percent alone. Like I, th- I would mm-hmm. think I would have been fine and finished on my own otherwise, but I think the only times it slowed me down and this is nothing against Jason or Bethany, um, or anyone in general, because I also might not have, you know what I mean? I think maybe Mm -hmm. a station turnover, I would have been a little quicker at. Um, But then I think in the middle of the night, I might have pushed a little harder. I don't Mm -hmm. know though. I don't know if I like had the middle of the night and I ran with someone who was maybe like Bethany didn't have trail poles. So we had to split them with her. So that slowed us down Um, with that. And she had to be careful with her shoulder, things like that. So I don't know if I was like, if I was doing the hundred K on my own, And we just didn't race and, like, he paced me for, like, the last 20 miles if I would have had Mm -hmm. a faster race – Or if I would have had a slower race because the first half I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard being alone because I had to be so in control of everything we were doing. So that's like one of those things where like I don't know if it helped or hurt me. It was just different. I don't know anything else, but I can't compare it to anything else because I've never – I know how I pace and push myself in races, but I also know how much I get in my own head in races. Um, Mm -hmm. It was really cool though, I will say, and I did enjoy the experience of having – other people to run with as not necessarily a comparison to be better or worse than, but just to like it was for a vali- it was a validation of the training that I had done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. a way for me to like being kind of in charge and leading the day and like navigating and like making those calls was like I really like it, it. It was like I was making them for, but I wasn't just making them for me. I was making them for us. And then when Bethany yeah. was even with us, like I had to like. You know, I had to consider her as well because I still kind of led the way. Bethany came with us, and she just like really, she really just made sure Jason ate every hour on the hour. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and talked to us, and was like just such a ray of light to keep our moods yes. up. Yeah, but like I think it was cool for me to be able to see how much I was able to be in that position. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. like move well in a way that like. Like they were joking about me being like a, like a mountain goat and the, the way – And I didn't mm-hmm. recognize all these strengths I had in trail running until I was like actually with friends doing it. Not yeah. that they're not strong at those things, but it was just cool to share that with someone for once. Yeah, they just
1: get to highlight the shit you're crushing. Yeah, you know? like That's it was great. Cool to,
0: it was cool to experience it with other people and do things with other people and not always just be so self-reliant even though I was like kind of in mm-hmm. charge. I don't know. It was just like that part was really cool of it. So like if it did slow me down, whatever, it was still a cool – experience and memory and yeah. like it was nice to not be alone for once um because i do so mm-hmm. much stuff alone so yeah i don't know if i i think i would have moved a little f- faster through the eight stations and that would have saved some time but i don't think like the other stuff was would have been drastically different you know what i mean yeah. like it might have been a difference of like maybe i think if i move fist swifter through the a stations and i actually like move faster i don't think i would have finished any earlier than an hour more than what I had. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it would have been that significant.
1: Yeah. So let's keep talking about running through the night, um, especially when it comes to like visibility of the trails, um, especially when it is technical, right? As well as how you're handling fatigue and just general like sleep deprivation and all of the, the physical stuff that you've already been through for those like 30 miles or so.
0: Yeah. So after the 28-mile aid station, we knew that the sun was about to set. And so I made the call. I was like, Jason, put your headphones in. We're booking it. I was like, we're getting to – I was hell bent on getting – we were cutting it a little close to my goal of getting the first 50K in in 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like my kind of pace goal for us. I was on with us. And so yeah. we knew the sun was setting. And so we just really – and that was probably the five miles – maybe it was five or six. It was like miles 28 through 30 something or whatever. I don't even know. Um, like four to six miles of just – actual runnable, no river crossings, trail bliss. Like that's the oh, trail that's magic great. that you really yeah. – And I didn't get a lot of that in the race because it was so different. It was just paced differently in a different type of course. Mm-hmm. But that running, rolling trail magic that I get – You get a lot more like maybe 50Ks. And I had that in my 50 miler. It just depends really on the on on the course because there was mm-hmm. so much rocky terrain in this course. It was Even the stuff that was flat was so rocky. It was so hard to run on. Um, yeah. Like a run run on. So anyway – we had like these, re- and I, I feel at one point Jason was like, "You aren't kidding when you say that." When you hike, you hike. I was like, "Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome!" But we ran slash this I mean, from a six-two man compared to the five. I was like, I'm like leading one. Jason through the woods. My tiny ass self, and I'm picking a pace <laughs> and just pushing. And he was like, just back there hanging on. But he's in a of he's a better runner than me. But I'm just good on trail. Is like I had more trail training. He's a better aerobic base than me. Um. But then we got into the the that aid station at mile 32 or whatever it was, um, exactly like nine hours and like 58 minutes or something like that. Amazing. Like Perfect. Um, so I'm like looking at my watch as we're pushing the last little bit. And I'm just like – I was like, okay. We have like – I was like we have 30 minutes, then 45 minutes. I was like we have to maintain this pace to get there mm-hmm. on this time. Um, And then we kind of took it a little slow – We were still running, but we're like hike hike running slow, pacing, recovering from that because we did push kind of hard there um, into the night, still trying to get maybe like another mile or two in before the sun sets. So the sun set, we toss in our headlamps and then it's just Dark. Um. And so at this point I was running with music still a little bit in my one headphone and I didn't realize that Jason is dying behind me slowly because as the day goes on, you kind of stop being as chatty. Like I don't, I mean, I yeah. like to talk. Can't I can't talk but forever. I, I can't talk forever. And <laughs> so just people think that I can, even though I've podcasted for like five hours today, um, I can't talk forever. <laughs> and so I also am getting just focused on the fact that like we have to redo everything we just did. And Jason's like, oh, we're going to negative split it. I'm like, no, no, we're not. Like we're not negative <laughs> splitting.
1: Them. Which okay for people who don't know, a negative split is when you do the second half faster than the first half. So that's really hard when you're putting sixty something miles. It's a great it.
0: pacing technique for a half marathon. <laughs> like yeah, for sure, it's like great <laughs> pacing technique for <laughs> maybe a fifty k. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but ultras are crazy. Pacing ultras is so different. When it's the, the core you can't because yeah, I mean like, your
1: terrain it. also changes. So of course, there's
0: yeah, tor- yeah, anything. But anyway. Anyway, um so I don't realize that Jason's just like not eating at all. He's just behind oh, no. me chugging along following my pace, But he stops eating. And I'm having I'm having stomach issues my entire day, but I I think I did a really good job on actually like I just I got I was so fucking sick of feeding myself, but I just kept eating. Mm-hmm. Whatever I could get And I'm kept drinking and eating and doing what I can. I'm drinking soda at every aid station and I'm like putting eating like a lot of Cheez-Its and uh like goldfish, that kind of stuff, easy down, sprinkling yeah. them in as I go, like maybe some like those fruit striped things, maybe some candy, but we're also slowing down. And I know my body nutrition well enough that I know at this point that I don't need as many calories per hour, if that makes sense. Like I need mm. enough to keep moving, but I'm not at the capacity, because we're slowing down. Like I just, yeah. I know I don't need 300 calories an hour to, to keep myself moving. I'm just kind of staying stable. I'm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just trickling it in. But Jason stops eating. I don't know Jason stops eating because I'm not really checking in on him anymore because I'm just starting to get, I'm focused. I'm, I don't no. really remember now much of this. I just remember pushing through the dark. Yeah. I
1: guess there's also like, and, and this is just my personal experience. I don't know if you've had this too, but like sometimes with endurance sports, you, you, your brain really does shut down. And it's not the same thing as like in training when you like, you know, try not to focus on the training and you just like let your mind go. Sometimes I really do think that you're- this You is just like stop thinking. People are like, what you do you think about I'm like, you <laughs>
0: Like, I just don't – I don't think, like, get there like, I mean, sometimes I think about things, like, a lot. Like, I, I analyze things in life and get introspective and, like, do all yeah. the stupid, cheesy, intraflective running shit. But sometimes I literally just don't think when I'm out there yeah. long enough. It's kind of nice. Like, it's, like, the only time my brain just shuts mm-hmm. the fuck up. Um, yeah. And so at this point we're just kind of pushing in the dark, and my goal I'm really just trying at this point to get to that eight station at mile forty. Like I'm I'm taking the whole thing eight station by eight station. Like Jason's like thinking mm-hmm. ahead sometimes, and I'm like, no man, we gotta go. Like we're doing eight by it's eight by eight. So every eight station, like I try to hit the fifty k mark, halfway mark, that whatever one by before ten hours. And I'm trying at this point to be at the forty mile eight station by like 9.30. and we end up getting there. Nine, we, we our goal was 9:30 and we get there 9:15. But Jason is bonked to shit. J- <laughs> Jason is so bonked. I feel like I'm like I'm not trying to rag on him on this podcast at all. It's just very funny. It was just, it was just funny. <laughs> it's funny to watch his day compared to mine because I, I was there for it all. Um, I had a very steady day and he bonked so bad he was like hallucinating at, in the car. Oh, like God he boy. was like so bonked. I didn't know. I was like I don't know. I felt like I tried to do a good job of checking in with him and making sure he was eating yeah. throughout the day, but eventually, like you're just but so you're also on racing your too. Eating. Yeah, you're just so focused yeah. on your own eating that I didn't even think like I just assumed he was, but he like didn't really eat during the in betweens. I think he did a lot more eating at aid stations, but that was like, so that was like a. F- I want to say between those eight stations though, it was like seven and a half miles, give or take, maybe mm-hmm. like seven and a half, eight. So that's a pretty far way, but you're also, then it gets dark. So we're moving slower. So it's taking longer. You know what I mean? So like yeah, we're pushing, but not that hard because it's, you could only go so and then this is the part where it started to become there's river crossings again and mm-hmm. the rock like tons of rock gardens and jason's feet are just fucked jason's got his feet so fucked i feel so bad for him um but i'm used to training on rocks and he isn't so the rocks are just like extra awful for him like i kind of just like wasn't even phased we just pitched about the rocks all, all um that's what he didn't complain about the rivers at all his mom said he just bitched about the rocks but i like didn't yeah. even phase me that there was that many rocks i was just like oh like i just i don't know mm-hmm. i just kept going it doesn't I can, I can move on rocks now, I guess. I couldn't my first few years. Now, it's just, I'm one with the rocks. I am a goat. Um, <laughs> I am a mountain goat. Um, and so he didn't eat at all. And we got to mile 40. And I was ready to rock. Like, I was ready to rock. And then his mm-hmm. friend comes up to me. and He's like, when are you ready to go? And I was like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, okay. And so Regis' mom went and checked on him. And he went and checked on him. And, like, Regis's mom was like, Cause she's done these things with us in mm-hmm. Regis for years. And she's like, you yeah. should drop. She's like, he should drop. And that changes the whole trajectory of my night if he drops. So I'm like, for sure. Like, I'm like, I don't really want him to drop because I want him to finish because I care about him finishing because he's the one who wanted to do it and he signed up and this is a big deal. And I also just like, from what I've gotten to know, getting to know Jason in person and just talking virtually for the last year, he's such a goal-oriented hard worker and he is a good athlete that I just feel like that would have really like been hard and he would have been very frustrated mm, with himself. Mm-hmm. So I think he literally, he must have a great stomach because I think he literally ate 700 calories in like 10 minutes. Oh um, my God. Wow. <laughs> something incredible. Stupid. something yeah. stupid. And then we finally got back out on trail and Bethany's with us at this point. This is mile 40. Mm-hmm. Bethany's with us. And we basically came – Bethany came up with a great plan where she like told Jason. She was like, hey, so why don't you just come with us? If you decide you feel like shit, you turn around a mile in. And then yeah. his crew would just stay there. And if not – and I, I told him. I was like, Jason, he's like, but I don't want to slow down you ruin your race. I was like, listen – I'm going to drag you out of here. And I was like, if you decide that you're going to stop, you can stop. And I was like, and if you decide that you want us to leave you in the woods because you you are going so slow, then like, I'll leave you in the woods. Like I'll do, what, you know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, that's what you want to do. I'll do like, you just got to tell uh-huh. me like, I'm, I'm otherwise I'm going to drag your ass out of this race. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise, like I'm dragging you, I dragged you in and I'm dragging you out. Yes. Um, so he's starting to feel a little bit better and his feet are still kind of fucked. But then we go into this middle section and this is probably, I don't, I really don't know. I, I wanna say this middle section of like the 15 that Bethany did with us, like the seven and a half out, seven and a half back. Like I wanna mm-hmm. be like, oh, that was the worst part of the night, but that was just like I think it ended up being the last eight. Um, but Jason's trying to be coherent. I'm so fucking cold, it's not even funny. So I really my only other big regret of the race is I should have put my puffy on at this point. You just even said the same. So that makes me feel like I wasn't mm-hmm. a being a little bitch. Um, yeah. It was really windy though where that aid station was. So I assumed that once the we went drop back down into the mountains, into like the little valley where you're hidden, it wouldn't have been as cold. But the, right. t- it wasn't as windy, but the temperature still had dropped quite a bit. Um, so I had on a long sleeve, a, a zip up long sleeve and my wind jacket. So I thought with like moving, but I think we just slowed down so much that I wasn't I would have been warm if I was moving more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but I just mm-hmm. we just we weren't moving that fast. Bethany didn't have trekking poles. We're sharing ours with her. Jason is having the time of his life back there. Um, so it's <laughs> me, Bethany, and then Jason. And Bethany yeah. is an angel. And Bethany has her little light up vest thing that's like projecting light in the trail. And then I'm using yes. her headlamp light and my headlamp light to project out to me. And so I turn into Chatty Kathy, and I'm just yapping away to, with Bethany for the like the next hour or so, and we're just checking mm-hmm. in on Jason. He talked a little bit. I think he start, he started to perk back up, um, but yeah. Bethany did eating check ins with us every hour, which is crazy looking back because at the time I was like, why every hour? But we were she ran we were out there that 15 miles probably took us like six hours or something stupid like yeah that. yeah because um, there was. I didn't realize it on like the way out, but then when we came back, I was like, shit, I forgot. And there was a good chunk of, I want to say there was like 20 more crossings of rivers at something at that point uh, mm-hmm. or something stupid like that. So there was a lot. And some of them you had to you get your feet wet. There's a lot of rocks. These are like pretty, some of them are bigger than others. They weren't hard. I don't think that stuff's that hard, but it definitely was like, it slows you down, especially when yeah. you're doing it Yeah. And when night. you
1: get it River after river after river.
0: <laughs> river after river with rocks between, and then your pacer yeah. doesn't have poles, and the guy with you is literally Walking. <laughs> Um So Jason's just pushing through in the back. I don't know. He might have been in a different head state. I can't speak for him, but I think he got yeah. a lot better. But I think it was just like at that point, he was just pushing to finish. And I'm just trying to keep us at a decent pace. That's not totally mm-hmm. tragic. Um, so we're still kind of getting through these things at time and I knew we were slowing down, but Regis even slowed down at that point in the night. And that I, I kind of use Regis, Regis isn't like an elite ultra runner, but I use him as my litmus test. Cause I run with him and race with him mm-hmm. or, or and train with him. Um, and like, I beat him in our 50, you know what I mean? Like, it just depends on the day that we're having. Um, uh, but he said that it was just so rocky that you could not run on it at night. You know what I mean? Like you just like couldn't really yeah. run. I'm sure. I mean, the elite people ran on it at night, but they're crazy. Um, but it was just it was just so rocky. You know what I mean? And then um we finally got to that la- that aid station at mile 47. That was like we got to the out part and I mm-hmm. hadn't really been eating as much as I should have, I was feeling kind of nauseous. I was really, really cold. It was, I wasn't really any more nauseous than I was the whole day, but I was really cold and cold also makes yeah. it hard to eat. And so I get soup and I'm trying to like eat all this soup, but my stomach at this point is like, fuck you. No. Mm-hmm. And so Bethany and me are chugging soup. Bethany's just being peppy at the fire. Jason's shoving food down his pie hole to catch back up on his calories. And then we go to go back on trial and I'm like, hang on guys. And I just projectile vomit a good handful of times, all of my soup. <laughs> Off the trail. Oh, no. But I think it was just too much on my stomach at that point. Yeah. Because I wasn't really yeah. eating whole foods all day. And then I think the heat, I think it was too hot. And then my stomach just like I it, it was too hot. Yeah. And it was a bunch of noodles. I think it was just like everything that I I don't know. It made me feel better when I was drinking it. I should have just maybe sipped some broth. But it was just a terrible idea. I just vomited all over the trail. Um, <laughs> but then I felt I actually kind of felt better. I felt really nauseous all day, and then actually kind of made me feel better in a weird way. So I yeah. just rolled with it. The Messy Middle Podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I've been using Legion Supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened. And my favorite part, they're fully transparent in their labeling and they use dosages that are actually backed by what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant-based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code Middle at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y m-i-d-d-l-e at checkout to save 20% today. You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts. And the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no cell service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high as I am
1: tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out or walking my pup Rocky. But my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep and you guys. I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible.
0: So every month, members get one credit to pick any title no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs, dare I say, by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If that
1: doesn't scream Littlest (laughs) Meditation, I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible
0: Originals for free when you visit Audibletrial.com slash Messy Middle. That's Audibletrial.com slash So Bethany's on my shit because I'm not eating at this point, And I just ended up not really eating the rest of the day. But I I mean I did. I had like slow trickles of like um like carbohydrate drink mix, and I drank some I drank some uh coke at the aid stations and stuff like that but I wasn't like actively eating I'm just trying to survive at this point yeah. but we're moving so slow and I know that Jason's hurting um like his feet were really fucked up and I knew that and so he just like wasn't and I, and then at that point though I would say I'm I'm not not consuming calories you know what I mean like I'm probably still consuming 150 grams 50 calories an hour maybe 200 when you count the aid stations but it's just not mm-hmm. like as robust um but we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. I hit a little bit of a low and then I peaked back up again. And then I, I don't know, I think one of the only other really big lows I had in the race was right before we got, I just wanted to get to that mile 57 aid station so bad. I just, so bad. I was just so sick of being yeah. crazy. I was just so cold. I was so cold. And I was just, I, I just, so, and I'm, during this time, That's when the fatigue really set in. So keep in mind, we're running at this point in time from about midnight till 4 a.m. is that next section Mm -hmm. to get back into the summer. Like I think we left – it was like almost 1 o'clock when we left that one aid station and we got in like three hours later, we got to – the next A station. So it's just, I'm cold. We're crossing rivers. I'm trying so hard to avoid the water because I know that I'm cold and I'm just, that's what I'm, I'm just focused on being cold. That's all I can yeah. think about is how cold I am. Um, and so I tucked my clothes into my pants, pulled my pants up as high as I could. I have my, jacket on with gloves. I have my thumb holes for my long sleeve over my hands plus my plastic waterproof mitt things over my hands from my jacket. I have my z- jacket cinched and then I have a buff. I've two buffs over my ears, one over my face and my hood up. And so like the one thing that helped me so much is I put a buff over my face and I was just breathing in my hot air into yeah. myself like that's what starts to end up warming me up and then Right, I'm just waiting, and I'm not even thinking of the aid station. There's a sign that says one mile at a high knob that I remembered from coming back out, and I was like, I'm just thinking of that sign, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's the sign I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of because I can that I know that last mile will be whatever, um, but it's doable. And I just got really, I had a pee. And so I stopped to pee. And at that point, Jason has to pee. So he scurries up to head to go. And he just decides to book it up there. Because I think Jason just wants to be done. Jason started to perk back up. um, And I kind of, we kind of switched roles at this point. Um, My headlamp also died. Not died, died. But the the way my my headlamp worked, it like dimmed down. It wouldn't let me use the bright setting. It ran out of that. And so Bethany, I'm using like Bethany's headlamp that last mile. And I'm going so slow because I'm just, I'm really fatigued. I'm really – I'm just so tired. Like I don't even know how to just explain it because at this point, I want to say up until maybe about two miles from that aid station, up until mile 55, I remember saying in the woods to Bethany and Jason, I was like, I don't even feel like my legs hurt. They didn't feel fatigued. They didn't feel tired. Like I didn't – my body felt completely fine, but I could tell my IT band – like I kind of left this out of the whole thing. I could tell my IT band wasn't happy, but we weren't running downhill, so I was fine. Like that's the only thing that really hurts me. I think it's my – I'm not really Mm -hmm. sure. I have to figure that out, but – I have eccentric pain going downhill, which seems like a little bit of IT band, whatever. Don't diagnose me. I have Taylor. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I have Taylor. I did get a consult with her for this. Um, Yeah. But at this point, like I'm just so cold. And then I remember peeing. And have you ever been so sore from like overdoing a workout that are tired or fatigued or whatever that it hurts to palpate your skin? Do you know what Mm, I mean? mm -hmm. And I just, I remember my, I didn't feel bad. Like I never felt amazing, but I never felt bad. Cause I remember even earlier in the race, like at mile 20, Bethany's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I just feel tired and I don't know why, you know what I mean? But I was just tired. Um, but like the whole day I never really had a big oscillation. It was just maybe that one little section there where I just all of a sudden my leg fatigue, I could feel it for the first time Mm -hmm. ever about mile 55, 56. Um, and i was super cold for all those hours i was just so fucking sick of being cold and then my headlamp died so like that i remember that was the only really time that i remember bethany really encouraging me was that last little mile which i also don't think she knew my headlamp died i didn't really tell her cuz i was like moving slow but i also couldn't really see in front of me but jason just like booked ahead and i was like i hope he's not mad at me or he's like not sprinting ahead but i think he just like he just started to feel a little better and he like he, I think he started moving and he thought we were closer or whatever. And then he's like, whatever, I'm going to hurry up there so we can hurry out that aid station. So Lisa doesn't have a to wait for me. So, um, I was like, I don't know where Jason is. I am just at this point. I'm like, I'm going to get there, whatever. I just keep moving. Um, and I want to say it's like four, it's four, it's like 4am when we get into that aid station, almost on the dot. It's like 4am. Um, and I'm just so cold. And I know, I mean, at this point, I never point in any of these points in my time that I think, though, I think people are like, did you ever think you were not going to finish? Mm-hmm. And I think that that section from like mile 20 to 28 was like, it was just cranky and moody. And I was like, fuck, I actually have to do this. But then after I got past that, i never at any point in that middle of night at all. Like it was never like quitting was an option. It was just going slower. You know what I mean? Like it was never – like quitting was never an option. You were just – it was just steady and focused. It was just um, complete – completely just being as steady and focused as I can be. And and I just wanted to get to that mile 57 because I knew – the whole day I knew that if we can get to the 57 aid station and we can get out of the 57 aid station, you're going to finish because you can't drop out anywhere else. Like you know what I mean? Like you can't – like you have to – you either leave at that aid station or you stop in the middle of the trail and I guess someone comes to get you, but like you have to get to the finish line. And so I was just so happy to be there. And I just – at that point, I just wanted out. And Bethany and Frutus' mom are like, food, water, this and that. I'm like, nope, don't want anything. Nope, just whatever. I think I drank – in the at mile 40, I think I drank half a Red Bull. Maybe F that one too. I, yeah. I, a, I don't even remember when I drank half a Red Bull. I did this whole race on like no caffeine, honestly. I don't even know what's wrong with me. I just didn't well, – so-
1: that's a question that people had is like, uh, and they probably assume that you have a lot of caffeine because you are racing in the middle of the night. Um, but how did you feel like in terms of sleep? Because you just walked us through like your physical sensations. But in terms of no, your- I,
0: the hardest thing of the whole race was I was just tired. I was so yeah. tired. All I yeah. thought about in that 15 miles we did with Bethany is how much I just wanted to sleep on the trail. I would have fell asleep on the trail right then yeah. there. Yeah, All I wanted to do was sleep. I was just forcing myself to stay awake. I don't know how – that was the hardest part. I was so fucking tired. And I really would have done more caffeine, but I didn't drink caffeine before the race started. And the only caffeine I really had during the day was any – I would do about Coke maybe every other aid station. Then I would do ginger ale in between. I didn't yeah. do Coke every time. I would mix in ginger – I don't know. Just like whatever. It wasn't every time. But that like a one little tiny cup worth of Coke is not – is maybe not that – maybe 30 – Grams of caffeine, and then I had a couple things of sports nutrition. Milligrams of caffeine in them. No <laughs> grams, <no>. grams. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, but <laughs> I never, I never took at any point in time like a large dose of caffeine the entire yeah. day. Everything yeah. was like small trickles of like thirty yeah. to fifty milligrams, maybe at most. But when you
1: consider the half life, I mean, that probably adds up a little bit. I mean, so it's not no caffeine, you know?
0: Yeah, but I didn't do like traditional like.
1: Dosing Drinks, of caffeine. Dosing yeah. of
0: caffeine. Like I never at any yeah. point in time took – even that Red Bull, I probably not even think I drank a full half of it. I think – I. so I yeah. don't even – they are only like 100 milligrams of caffeine. So I don't think at any point in time. So I think I honestly maybe had 200 milligrams of caffeine over 23 hours spaced out. So I think yeah. the one thing that I would have done is to drink caffeine. I have caffeinated tailwind, but I was so scared of making my stomach worse and caffeine can do that. That I just didn't. It was just like a I, I don't know. I wish I just couldn't take that much liquid in to do the whole Red Bull. You know what I mean? And I yeah, wish I had. Yeah. I have caffeine powder water stuff that Regis and I use that I should have done, but I don't know. I just I didn't. And I was the fatigue and how tired I was was definitely the hardest part of the whole race. Like yeah. my body felt fine. My mind felt fine. At no I mean I think people are expecting me, and there's other races and ultras where this does happen. You have these big roller coasters of emotions and days, but I felt like the whole thing was so steady and I fed myself pretty consistently and I paced us really well that I don't think, other than like that very later end of the middle of the night when we were with Bethany going back to mile 57's aid station, I was just fucking f- just tired. Just the only way I can describe it, like I almost forget now looking back at the how tired I was, but I was so tired. Yeah. Um, and so – that was the hard that was the hardest part. I was just tired. And we got to mile 50 and Jason's like, let's go. But then as soon as we start moving, Jason's like, <laughs> fuck my feet. His feet were fucked. His, oh, that, I, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. So, so I sorry, continue. So I changed my shoes and socks across the whole day, and so did he, but I think he just like had not a good situation going on there. Yeah. Um, but we get out of mile fifty seven. I'm like, well, let's put on music and send it. And we took us two mi- two hours to do this mile. These this trail going like up, coming up. So we're thinking mm-hmm. it's going to take us like less than that back. But then we started moving, and we knew that that was not the case. Yeah. Um, but basically, I could run on flat and road, but I can't do anything eccentric downhill. It hurts too much. But. Jason's also really really hurting on that last part like really hurting and I'm mm-hmm. like fuck it I'm leading. I'm dragging his ass through here I'm not waiting I'm not going slower we are not because it's eight miles to the finish which if you're wondering mm-hmm. eight miles after you've been moving for 57 and you have like it was two and a half hours I'm running more moving yeah and that's a lot of, that's a long time it's not like you're like oh we're gonna be there in a second and for it sure. felt like that we don't remember that first eight being that long but it felt like it was never ever ending like never mm-hmm. ending and Jason just miserable and his feet hurt and I just got to point i want to say after i just got pissed and this is what happens to me at ultras i kind of felt like myself again because that was yeah. such a slow paced day that i never felt like i had to tap into that part of me it was a different it was just different where mm-hmm. i had to tap in mm-hmm. but that like fuck this bad bitch energy that like i harbor an, yeah. and hold uh-huh. inside of me for only special times when i'm allowed to use it because i need it um <laughs> like I, I lean i let myself lean into that and so i put on like my playlist of just like female rappers that's just what i thrive on like that's the energy i need in my life Buck, yes and i'm just blasting like i i don't even know i'm blasting like things that like the most basic white girl in the woods running should not be blasting <laughs> and i'm like i'm fucking sending it and jason told me at the end he's like you were just not you weren't even letting me be He's like, you weren't giving me an option to just go slow. He's like, you were Mm -hmm. just pushing it. I was like, we were fucking finishing that thing. I was done. I was over it. We wanted the fuck out of those woods, and it just felt like that. But we like, it felt like that whole thing was uphill when we were going up it, but it wasn't. It was rolling. And so when we came back down, we're thinking it's all downhill, but it's still there's still uphills. We're like, where the fuck did these come from? Like we thought this whole thing was downhill. It was still uphills. It was like gradually going downhill, but it was rolling. Mm-hmm. and so bethany's like texting me she's like text me when you get to the road text me when you get to the road i'm gonna record the ending um we're waiting for you and i kept we kept mm-hmm. crossing roads in the trail and i would text her road and i'd be like never mind road never <laughs> mind road never mind because we dropped bethany off because jason finished if jason dropped i would have ran to the end with bethany um yeah but since he was with me i was like bethany there's no reason for you to do it these last miles like fuck it because we thought we were going to go a lot faster than we did um yeah but then I mean, I'm in so much pain. My leg hurts so bad. I don't even, there's like these steep ass drops. I don't even know where the hell they came from. I don't remember hiking up them. And I'm like lateral shuffling in so much pain down them. Don't give a fuck. Like, break off a piece of my tracking poles. Don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just pushing. I'm like, oh, I'm shit. done. I'm over this. Like, get me out of here. Like, in a good way. You know what I mean? But I'm like, where the fuck is this at, the city of Norton, Virginia? Like, I'm just, like, ready to be done. And this sounds dramatic. I'm not trying to, like, not appreciate the day. But, my God, I've been moving for 22 hours at this point. Like, I'm fucking over it. Like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I'm just... I'm like I'm I, I'm so excited! I'm gonna finish it, and then I know a lot of people were like, "When was the high?" or this or that. And there was a moment right at the very end; it's still dark. Keep in mind, it's still pitch black dark while we're doing this. And there was a moment where the sun finally came up, and there was a hundred miler's, and they looked at us and they were like, "We were like, how far is this?" Because they had a they had like an outback turnaround, and he's like, mm-hmm. "You the hundred? Are you finishing? Or are you doing the turnaround?" I was like, "We're about to finish." And the guys must be experienced ultra runners, and he just like looked at mm-hmm. me and he's like he's like, enjoy these last few miles. And the sun rose and I cried. <laughs> I was like, Aww. I was like, motherfucker, we're doing it. But like, you just, yeah. like, even during that eight, you know, you're going to do it, but it just felt like the longest eight miles of my life. That was the hardest yeah. eight miles of my life. The longest, hardest eight miles of my life. Cause like, you've been moving for 20 something hours. Like, you know, Jason is just yeah. not having a good time. Um, my, I, my, I think my, my leg hurts on anything downhill and the whole thing's basically downhill and you're pushing as hard as you can. And like, I haven't eaten in like 10 miles or whatever it is. I've been sipping on Gatorade. Like I had Gatorade in my bottles that I was continuously yeah. sipping on, but like not large doses of carbohydrate, just enough to keep me going. But mm-hmm. I didn't add this. I, my lungs got fucked. This is the thing that was hardest for me during the race. I completely forgot about this. Yeah. Um, for mile 40 on my lungs were fucked like absolutely like yeah I honestly thought I was gonna lose my voice couldn't it hurt to breathe was that um, like partially because of the cold or I, I like it was the cold but I also had to take a bunch of mucinex the next couple of days I'm actually shocked I didn't get a chest infection this week I was like coughing stuff up like my oh. lungs were like so I think it was a mix of the acid from throwing up the cold yeah. and then just deprivation the, 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 just to your immune system <laughs> Yeah. And I'm, and I have allergies and stuff and just whatever. And it was just, I was like losing my voice. I think some of the videos, whenever my Luke and Rachel finish my video, I'll, I think you'll be able to hear it. Um, my voice was absolutely fucked and yeah. I was worried about my lungs. And it just like hurt to breathe deeply. And then my throat and chest burned with everything I ate and drank. I've totally forgot about this. You see how much you forget? That's why I stopped drinking. That's what
1: I was trying to say earlier is like, not only does your brain just like you stop thinking or whatever, but your brain shuts down to some points. Like you don't have a great memory of a lot of those like really heavy endurance events.
0: Yeah, so there's like these details that you kind of forget because in retrospect, you forget what you just did and how miserable and hard. And also like, I feel like your brain probably protects you from thinking of how bad that was in the moment. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this probably would have been a lot different if we did it last Sunday, but um, I really was most worried about my lungs and I just like, I couldn't, Bethany and Regis, and at that point I knew I was okay and I like could force feed myself some Gatorade, but I just like, I my throat and lungs hurt, burned with everything I ate and drank everything, and just the sugar and salt is all you're eating all day. It just like, it just burned. I was just so over it. And it just hurt. It hurt. It was just like uncomfortable. So I, su- I sipped on enough water and um, sugar like Gatorade on the last eight just to get me through without totally crashing. Um, but I think I did a really good job of feeding myself so much the whole day till that point that it was like, yeah. I know that like, goes against all sports nutrition rules. I wasn't trying to set a PR. You know what I mean? Like Jason can't even fucking use his feet, so I'm not worried. We're not going to die in the woods <laughs> from vomit. You know what I mean? Like I have enough glucose in my body to get me to that finish line. Like I was fine. Um. So we're pushing and pushing and pushing, and then finally I had that final release moment where I was just like, I think if you guys watched my Instagram stories, you heard me at the end when I was trying to talk, my voice was fucked. Um. Mm-hmm. It was totally shot. Um. And so I, the guy said that, and I'm definitely an emotional that those type of moment type things, and then the sun and just. Honestly, the most emotional part of the entire race for me was the sun rising, like just getting to the point – Cause just you're so fucking sick of being in the dark. Regis likes running in the dark because it's just you and your little bubble. And honestly, it wasn't scary to run in the woods at night. And it was actually kind of cool. I like it in race settings because you feel much so much more safer in race settings. And you're around people and it's comfortable. And you're mm-hmm. in your little bubble. And like animals, there's too many people around for animals. And people so are you
1: tracking you like they know where you are vaguely.
0: Yeah, you know? like it's yeah. It, it, it's really cool. It's like a like it's like almost like an alternate universe where it's like not scary to be in the woods alone in the mm-hmm. middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't f- scary. It was cool. It was fine. I never felt like I. I don't feel like I d- needed to train at night for that. I felt comfortable with it. I do a lot of hiking before sunrise, so maybe like I just have experience with doing that in the past. But it never at any time felt like night running or moving was hard other than the fatigue. But being doing a later fall race, um the days are shorter, you know what I mean? Like the days yeah. are significantly shorter. So we were in the dark for what, 12, 13 hours? Like it was dark. It's sunset around like what, like 7-ish or give or take. Yeah. So yeah. we were we were in the dark for like 13 hours or not mm-hmm. 12 hours or whatever the fuck yeah, it was around I there know, 12 hours um so seeing the sunrise was such an emotional moment for me cuz i'm like holy shit i got through the night cuz the biggest unknown for me with the whole entire race was can i run through the night can i move through the night you know what i mean like i didn't know i've never moved more than 13 hours i've never finished a race in the dark i've always ran through daylight so i just never knew if i could it. I think the biggest thing for me at the whole race and then we finally, you know, the last couple miles were road and I just was so excited and we, I, it's so funny because like you think you're so blown up and I was running like nine thirties the last two miles to get to the, 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 the finish. You know what I mean? Like I was clicking yeah, like just yeah. the same pace that I do in the road. It's the that just goes to show you also like how tough the course was. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when I felt myself running at the very end, I was like, oh wow, that course was a lot harder. Because the whole day I kept saying to Jason, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. This isn't worse than North Georgia. This and that, blah, blah, blah. But then like the more runners we talked to and veteran people who have done the race before, they're like, yeah, this is a really tough course. Like this is a really hard course. And we're just like, Mm -hmm. this is a hard course. So I kept saying this and Jason's like, I think you're downplaying this. And I don't know if I was just in denial (laughs) or I just trained on such hard terrain that I was ready for it. Um, But Really, I was just clicking in at the end there and it just felt good to be able to move and that my body wasn't crushed. And I think the biggest thing for me the whole day is I didn't have those big emotional swings. Um, I was just steady. And I remember like I repeated to myself over and over and over again throughout the day just the word steady. Like, it wasn't a mantra. There wasn't anything fancy. It just – the word steady. That's all well, I that focused on mantra, the whole day. But- well, like a sentence. You know what I mean? Like a, like a full sure, phrase yeah. or anything. But it was just like yeah. one word. Like, it was simple. Yeah, but that's which a I mantra. Think, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it was like a lot more simple than other things I've done – I've leaned on in the past. You know what I mean? Like, it was just mm-hmm. one word, which I think yeah. is like more reflective of what this race was. It was just like simple and steady. Um, so I just like the word steady is just what I kept in my head the whole day during it. And I think for me, I never doubted that I would finish it. I don't know why I didn't doubt that I would finish it for some reason. I just, I did, I knew that unless something really bad happened, I would get there. Um, I wasn't worried about that, but I think the biggest thing for me was, you know, I said, I was so confident going into it and it wasn't that I was confident, but I think I was more afraid that, I was going to find out out there at one point in time that that I wasn't as mentally strong as I thought or as capable as I thought and that it was going to break me. Like I wasn't even worried physically, which I think people think of it as being a physical challenge. But for me, it was so much more like I was just so scared to find out that like I wasn't I don't know, capable or tough enough or strong enough yeah. to do those things. And I was just stupid for thinking that I was and like arrogant and dumb and blind to think that that like that was something that I could do. And I just was waiting for a moment for when the race broke me and it just never did. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. have like extremely high highs, but it never broke me. That one section with Bethany there with my headlamp and when I was cold really was like maybe the lowest low I had, but to only have maybe 20 minutes, you know what I mean? Of that in a, in a race that size, it's not. And like, yeah, that last eight miles was really hard, but that like that segment itself, even though it was so hard, it was the last, you know what I mean? So it was just different mm-hmm. in its own regard. It was just that like, it it was that feeling you get when you're like, you're trying to make time go faster and you can't, that's like, Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. where it's hard. You can't make time, time can't go any faster than it's going. Um, and that's how it felt at the end of that race. So it's like, well, you were just chasing time. So you really didn't, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't anything you could do, but I don't know. I was just waiting and waiting it for me to feel like mentally weak or fatigued or shatter or break. And I like, You know, I told my crew and Bethany, like, prepare them for all these things that could happen and just never – I don't know. Like, I never needed it. Like, I just – I was steady. You know what I mean? The whole day. And it was really just cool to – I, like, remember telling one of my client and friends I talked to that I was like, I don't know the woman I'm going to be when I finish this race, but I'm excited to meet her. And I think it sounds so cheesy, but, like, I, what I found out there is that I'm exactly who I am. And I think that was the coolest part about that race for me was like, there was no surprise. There was no becoming, there was no magical like transformation where I felt like a whole new woman. Like when I ran those last eight eight to 10 miles of my 50, I think I like, I, who I am as a person changed in those, in that section of that race. And I'm definitely like a different person. Obviously, like I've had a new experience, but I didn't find anyone else out there. I found myself. And I think that was just big for me, especially this year, symbolic with like me talking about how like I got through comps and that was such a mind shift for me. I think that like having that solidify that like that person that I've been cultivating and working so hard and creating and like chasing towards and becoming is just myself. You know what I mean? And that was just like the the moment where like it just all kind of like It was just right there in front of me. Like I just ran with myself for 23 hours.
1: Fuck yeah. That's so powerful. I love that so much because I just think a lot of people go into a big race like this or a big goal and they expect to, like you said, become a different person or find that they're a different level of tough or whatever, but... The person who you were showing up for that race is exactly who you needed to be. And so you didn't have to undergo some kind of transformation to fucking crush it. And that's amazing. And I love that so much. So I also want to just highlight, um, maybe zoom out a little bit. How much of the race did you get to enjoy? Like you talked about your highlight moment of the sunrise. How much of the race was enjoyable? Um, If you had to like kind of give us a percentage or uh, describe what periods of time you were actually like Realizing that you were kicking ass and feeling good about it, or uh, was it just kind of nonchalant in your thinking the whole time?
0: I don't want to downplay it and be like it was like nothing the whole time because there was definitely moments of like I, it was just I, it was so different than anything else that I've ever experienced with my fifty ks. It was just a it's just fifty ks are hard and my fifty mile is hard. I'm not downplaying shorter distance ultras by any means. I will continue to run them, but it was just such a different experience that I feel like I didn't have the same moments that I look forward to enjoying and having and pushing towards in shorter distance races or maybe these types of races if I continue to do longer ones enough to get more experience. But it was just – there was definitely high highs and there was definitely moments where it – like that first 20 were just so fluid and that middle five were just sheer magic. And then that like – Last little bit of pushing and emotionally knowing that you did everything that you said you were going to do was like incredible. But the rest was just like, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was just experiencing and existing and pushing and going forward and just step by step in a bad way where it was like not anything was happening, but it was just experiencing it and living it for what it was and not trying to make it anything more than what it was. I think I just didn't have as much of an emotionally tied race as I've had in the past. It was just like, actually experiencing it for what it was and like it wasn't high or low fluctuations like I've had in the past in other races. Um, but it was just like actually just feeling everything and experiencing everything as it came and accepting it and – I don't know, just moving forward for 23 hours.
1: Basically you had a really mindful race. <laughs> so- <laughs> I really did. I feel like yeah. I med-
0: Okay. I'm not, that actually
1: is perfect. Cause I yeah. feel like I just meditated for 23 hours. Fuck like I yeah. just feel like
0: I was just so aware of everything and stepping and being, I wasn't as like my normal. Like I was just,
1: yeah, I was just mindful for you were 23 in the hours. hours. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And it was cool. Cause like wasn't on my phone, no distractions, nothing. Like I was just, it, I just experienced it. I just lived the experience. Yeah, that's that's actually the perfect way to summarize it.
1: I love that. Okay. Of course I love that, but finish line <laughs> well, moments. Go. Yes.
0: Oh, man. Well, the finish line of this race was so anticlimactic, so me and Jason were booking <laughs> it at the very end. I'm fucking sprinting. I, I don't even know. I have like Megan the Stallion blasting in my ears. I don't even know what's playing. I'm just like – it actually came in my, on in my car Monday morning driving to work or Tuesday morning driving to work and I laughed because I hadn't opened up my Spotify since and I was like oh my god this is the last thing I was listening to like <laughs> the race um, and we just like crossed the finish line and it was super anticlimactic but like I was just so happy to be done and I collapsed and I was like holy shit I'm dead um, and then we just took a bunch of pictures and then I went and got ice cream. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like Of like, course, that's what you get to celebrate too. That's a very Alyssa thing. I
0: hadn't eaten. So Regis is like – Regis finished like an hour before us. So he's just waiting there, chilling in his little just pristine, docile way. Um, he's just <laughs> standing there in his puffy, chilling, waiting for us. Bethany's like stoked as hell. Regis's mom – I feel like my 50 was more of an emotional finish. I just mm-hmm. th- nothing was as emotionally dramatic for this race, yeah. um, but it wasn't bad. I was so excited to see the finish. Like I didn't cry. Like you know what I mean. Like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just very. I was just like happy to be yeah. to have done it and proud. And it was just like I just and it, it sounds. It sounds. I don't think arrogant, but like I just knew I would see it again. You know what I mean? Like I just knew that I would see the finish again and I would get yeah. back to it. But I like thought about that finish line all goddamn day. Like all I thought about was that <laughs> farmer's market getting there. Um. And, like, I just – I don't know. It was just very content, you know? Like, it was just – I don't want to say I didn't appreciate it because I definitely did. Like, we took a bunch of photos and, like, chatted and, like, everything. And I had just seen my – I mean, my crew was there the whole day. You know, they had experienced everything with you. There wasn't, like, a recap. We talked a little about the last few miles. Like, obviously, like, I, like – I'd like high five hug half thing Jason. I think I don't even remember what we did. It was, the most bro, it was like the most bro thing ever. Um, Cause like we did it together and that's cool. And that's like when I was talking earlier, I was like, I don't know if I really would have gone faster with yeah. out him. You know what I mean? I don't know what I would have done, but it was cool to have that experience with someone. So like now, like, I never met Jason before in my life and I'm sure I'll meet Bethany again in my life. But like now I'm like – I have this weird bond with these two strangers I met yeah. on the internet because I ran in the woods with them for a bunch of hours. You know what I mean? Oh, and like yeah. it was so cool to have someone – even though Jason like – you know, he maybe had a little more low lows than me that like was crazy enough in their lifestyle that – and it was cool because it was like – it was just – You know, with all the stuff I talk about being annoyed with people asking me about my lifestyle, like it was just 23 hours of people getting me. You know what I mean? Like no one there questions your sanity. No one thinks you're crazy. Everyone out there is just as like wild as you are. And like Jason lives on the same wavelength as me. And like we had so much that like we had in common with our training and our approach to it. And like Mm -hmm. Bethany and me have just so much in common when it comes to like our approach to outdoors and just as humans. And um, it was just really cool to just like – that I, I think I love that culture because it's like you're. That's just normal to be that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's normal yeah. to be to do that. It's not crazy. It's not unique. It's not special. It's just
1: something you do. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so and then I got ice cream, <laughs> and then you <laughs> got fucking ice cream. Hell yeah! So here we are a week later, and I know uh, personally because I'm your friend that you know you've kind of dove back into school. Um, and so you you had said that you hadn't gotten a chance to appreciate it, but we just talked about it um, for two hours and you really just got to relive it all. So how are you feeling now in terms of like recognizing that motherfucking accomplishment of a hundred K, how are you feeling about it?
0: So I was real. I think it's hard. Like, I think people, you get it, but I think people are like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say grad school does this to you, but, like, I was so stressed about school before and after that that that's all I could think about, which is so bad. Like, I really felt like I was just trying to get that done with. Like, I just needed yeah. to get to and through my 100K. Like, that has ruled my life for now about eight weeks. You know what I mean? Just, like, getting to mm-hmm. and through that race has ruled everything for me. Um, but I've been doing a lot of stuff with school, and I think, like, I just, like, I went – I got thrown back into everything so quickly. Um And, like, this week I finished writing my dissertation proposal. I mean, I still have to edit it. I finished my manuscript edits and I finished 100K. And, like, I kind of had a moment where I spent this whole week, like, ironically feeling really shitty about myself and down on myself. And, like, I wasn't doing enough and I was being lazy. And I don't let myself – I don't let myself, like – pull accomplishment from things that aren't graduate school when I have so much going on in graduate school. And I know that's not like a healthy thing, but like, like, yeah, I finished a race, but that doesn't matter because I didn't finish the work that I actually needed to do. And that like, is mm-hmm. I had to own up and be an adult and be mature and do that stuff. You know what I mean? And like, that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. These are my mm-hmm. hobbies. So I think that like kind of took some of the joy away from it, which I know is kind of bad, but like I did joke this week to, to Jen, another girl in our department where I finished my proposal and I like kind of like recognized that like like I finished it and I was like this I was like I finished 100k and my proposal this week like I am that bitch. You know what I mean? Like joking and yes. I like felt bad about myself, but this morning I got up early and I did my manuscript edits that were like really I know Kate knows I like stress vented to her on the phone for an hour last night about my entire life. <laughs> um so she knows that I definitely have not enjoyed any of this this week. I've been really like in a mind fuck. Um, I think that like, then I finished my, I got my manuscript edits back to, I emailed them back to my professor today before we met up for the day. And like, I finished writing my proposal. I just need to edit it. So it's like not done, but like the writing is done. And I finished my race and I was just like, I had this moment where I was like, Alyssa, you are such a piece of shit. You, like for like, like like look what you just did this week. You know what I mean? Like no wonder people want to punch you in the face. Like I just had that <laughs> moment with myself where it's like I want to punch you in the face. Like like you're not fucking this up. You're doing great. Like you finished a fucking 100k, finished your PhD proposal and did your manuscript edits this week. Like you like you should be proud of yourself. You know what I mean? Like you should be like, yeah. But I just feel like I put so much weight on the training for that race. You know what I mean? That almost Mm. like looking back, like I think it was like, it's not that I didn't enjoy celebrating the race, but the training was so hard. And the training was like something that was so deliberate that I'm almost more proud of that. And I'm more, Mm. more like celebratory of the fact that like I did that, like I did all that to get to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That sounds so Mm -hmm. bad. We're like, I'm so I'm I mean, I'm impressed with my body. And I think maybe it's like the point now where like I've done so many things that like I've just continued to like – I just trust my body. You know what I mean? And these mm-hmm. things are so cool and I know that they're possible, that they're not impossible. Like I could have failed and I know that I would have gotten back up and done 100K and still finished another race at some point. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just like I would have never actually truly failed. But I think for me, really the the, the training of that was just – that was so – I'm so impressed and so proud of and, like, so inspired by the person that I was from May through September. Like, I really can't put that into words. Like, that yeah. woman that I showed up to be and it was really hard for me and it was, like, very challenging. I think I'm more inspired in like, proud of that. than I am even about that mm. finish. And I know mm-hmm. that's like taking away from my race. It's not meant to be, but it was, I like, I, I know people like on the internet are always like, uh, you guys listen to my podcast. are like, list how do you do it all? And like, it's very hard. It's so hard. Like it's literally so hard. And I felt like that was just 64 miles of me just like being mindful and like, I don't know, like breaking away from all of that stuff and just mm. being able to like do something for me for a day. You know what I mean? Like it was just like 23 hours of me getting to celebrate movement and my training and my body and being in nature and doing all the things I love. It was just at no point in time did I want to quit. At no point in time did I hate it. At no point in time did I second guess it. I just like, I got to live it. And so maybe I feel like I celebrated it all so much by doing it that now I'm just like, I'm very content with how everything went. I think that I think I'll stem my greatest amount of appreciation for it on my first run back. I think that's when it will hit me, if that makes sense. Um, I think like there's just so much value in celebration and like coming out of that race and I don't hate running and I don't resent it and I already miss it just is so much more meaningful to me than those races that were big stoke finishes that I hated training and I was resented running and I, you know what I mean? Like I just was disgusted with it. Like I just feel like, I, I'm just so happy that I feel like now I'm like I'm an ultra runner. I can do hard mountain races. I am tough. I am strong. And like I don't feel the need to go and rush into the next big thing to validate myself because I feel
1: good about everything I just did. I guess I don't know. That doesn't really answer how I feel. Yes, but <laughs> hold on. Let me let me like reframe this too, because um, you know, I I hear you saying like, oh, I guess that's bad or whatever, but I I think it's on other people to stop evaluating how you uh, celebrate, you know, your successes. And what you just described to me is what I talk about all the time, which is like falling in love with the process and you are celebrating the process more than you're celebrating the outcome. And so many people have it the other way around. So they're like, Alyssa, why aren't you like fucking ecstatic about your hundred K and like, you know just pushing that out there and signing up for the next race and being like, yeah, look at this thing. I checked it off, whatever. But I think you stepping back and evaluating the whole process and being uh, like appreciative of the woman you are and the training that you went through and all of that is really just emphasizing the parts that I think are the most important and most worthwhile that allow you to have those freedoms that you have, like trusting your body and knowing that you can't fail. And I think that so many people don't emphasize those things. And I think that's really fucking important. And so I'm really proud of you for being proud of yourself. <laughs>
0: and I don't think a lot of people – Yeah, like that was my goal this year. My goal wasn't to have this world record-breaking, amazing 100K race and experience. My goal mm-hmm. was to have fun and enjoy training and love it. And actually, like I, I all I wanted to do this year was not resent trail and ultra running by the end of my year. And mm-hmm. I don't, I love it. I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon next month. And if my leg allows and weather allows, I'm going to try to do room to rim to rim with Regis. If we can, Fuck you know, yeah. if we, and I don't, and I don't even feel like I need to, like I might do a long run next weekend, as long as my body allows it. And I don't, I don't dread that. You know what I mean? Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, even dread, I don't want to drive to the mountains every weekend. Like I'm, I, I get, that gets hard. That's a lot of time. I'm ready to focus like, and finish my hardest ultra marathon, my PhD, you know what I mean? Like I'm ready for that focus <laughs> and pivot, but I just feel like I'm so much more capable now, but I have such a healthier relationship with like, it wasn't, I wasn't training for fear this year and I wasn't training for self doubt no. and I wasn't training to prove anything. And I wasn't even training out of insecurity of my running. I just was training to train you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I got to just celebrate all that work for 64 miles.
1: Fuck yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I can't, <laughs> And unless you have anything else to say, I can't think of a better way to wrap this.
0: No, that's it. I know this was two hours guys, but I feel like this really gives you a, uh, hopefully you can section this out and really like get some good nuggets from it. Um, that's, that's it. I just, I think the biggest lesson I can give to anyone is like, they say like, Ultras doesn't demand a much from your body. I read this in my "you want to run an ultra marathon" thing. It just, you know, it just demands that you keep moving forward, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that was my hundred k. I'm ready to. I don't know. I don't
1: know what the next big thing is.
0: I don't live have anything. I'm Take ready a to live day. my life. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not rushing into the next goal. I'm just happy. Yeah.
1: Fuck yeah! I wish like a million other people would really take that to heart like you don't have to rush into the next thing to prove your worth like you said you became the woman that you needed to be and you really showed up for yourself not just for one day not just for one 100k but for months and months in your training and in your phd and just in being a badass kick-ass woman so yeah yeah
0: and and i have the whole and if you know god given bless my life hopefully you know i have about 30 to 40 more years of ultra running so I'm not in the rush you know what I mean like it's always going yes. to be there
1: yeah alright
0: guys listen. out you-
1: <laughs> Listen out boom I was, so, I was so like emotional in there guys
0: man you guys kind of really know my mindset
1: <laughs> alright you guys we're going to sign off we want you to live well demand better
0: and, and stay, stay messy.
1: messy I think I said fuck yes 17 times and I'm trying not <laughs> to <laughs> I tried to like curve it, but yeah, I think a lot of people are going to take away um, some good nuggets, ultra runners or not.